Welcome back to Elderly Idol. We started with 69 contestants all living in the east wing of the Gloriol Ideal Living Facility. Here's a quick recap of our remaining nine. Peter Givens. My anaconda don't want none unless you got buns on. Salty Cummings. All I want for my birthday is some big booty hoes. Lucy Kabusi. Mr. Richard Gulp. Oh, sorry. Mr. Dick Gulpin. My mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yes. Ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Miss Cherry Popper. Mr. President. The Izzy Brothers, including Izzy Hung, Izzy Long, and Izzy Single. When we were young, we had some fun. Fucking with all the bitches. Ariola. I want to sass you up. Titan Cider. Hmm, you're a crazy bitch. But you fuck so good, I'm on top of it. This week we're going to... ...to Masterpiece Theater. This week we will be reading Fifty Shades of... Oh, yeah! Ladies and gentlemen! Welcome to... ...the Above Average Show Show! everybody and welcome back to part two of a very special finale episode of the above average joe show with us is our guest joe nelson thank you thank you thank you very much yeah. joe thank you so much for having me no thank you for hanging out i'm glad you're still here well i love what you're doing it's amazing oh, thank you so let me ask you a question real quick. well actually can i ask you a question real quick Sure, go ahead. Why did you decide to do this podcast? What what was your motivation behind doing a podcast about film and film people? Good question. I, nobody's actually asked me that this entire season, so it's so that's something that I actually wanted to talk about, so I'm glad you brought it up. The whole point of me deciding to do this podcast was I found recording a podcast to be real fun. And a lot of people don't know what it is, and so that's one way, one avenue that I could use to help people find podcasts and just get into podcasts. Because I didn't get into them until about a year ago mm. when one of my friends was like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? I was like, sure, what do I have to do? And she's like, oh, we're just going to record some audio. I was like, oh, yeah, sure, that sounds fun. Then we just talked about movies, which if you get a chance, check out The Extra on Ordinary, another project that I work on. Nice. But I wanted to do another podcast where I brought in special guests, and I thought, what better special guest than my special friends that I have that have done really cool and amazing things that most of them don't really get much credit for. We get credit from our friends, but as far as the general public, people typically know the stars, the directors, and sometimes the producers. Beyond that... Most people cannot name you a makeup artist. They cannot tell you anybody that worked in wardrobe department. They don't know any grips names. They don't know. That is so true. Most of them don't know day players unless they used a huge name day player. Like Last Man on Earth, their day players, they will use Will Ferrell as a day player. And they bring him, spoiler alert, sorry. They bring him in for a day and he will die within that day that they bring him in. He will die on the show. What? Not in real life. Oh. He dies on the show, which they do a lot okay. with a lot of their day players. That's funny. But they'll get really famous people to be day players, which, if you didn't know, are actors that come in for literally a day. Sometimes it's two days. Sometimes it's three days. Typically, it's just for a day. 
So anyways, I wanted to bring to the forefront, to the general public, these people that help make the actors shine on screen. So every one of these people that we've interviewed, they are there to help support and encourage and to uplift the actor to get to the point of where they need to be in order to get these scenes right and to give their best performance. Whether it be making sure that their makeup is right and they're in character or their hair, making sure that they're dressed properly so they can be in character. Because you can't be dressed in 90s grunge clothes if you're doing a 70s flashback scene. You're just not going to get that same character. You can't put Ron Burgundy into a cowboy outfit and get that same feel of Ron Burgundy. He is who he is yeah. because of the clothes, because of the hair, because of that that sexy mustache that he has. All of those things come together and without their stunt performers and their day players and everybody else coming together, it just doesn't work as well. And so I wanted to try and give a little bit of credit to these people that are working really, really hard to make these projects come to life and to help the actors shine the way that they do. That is awesome. I am so glad you did because I'm having so much fun. And from what I've heard from the other people that have been on the podcast, that they were having a lot of fun too. Oh yeah, totally, completely. I've really enjoyed doing it. So it's it's been a blast for me and for the guests. Real quick, I just want to point out one thing. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. This is, This is a good thing. You're going to like this. I hope so, because you got me a little bit nervous now. <laughs> but one thing I just wanted to mention real quick. I mean, every time that I've seen you, you've either been on TV or in a movie, in a film, on screen somewhere. Or sometimes I see you in a reflection or a mirror or something like that. But to see you finally face to face... Oh my gosh. Oh. It is amazing how much more sexy you are in person. Aww, thank you. <laughs> You're making me blush. No, like, seriously. <coughs> Silence of the lamps. I am in lust seeing you right now. Yeah, I can see that. I totally get it. But enough about that. Let's go ahead and hear your story about how you got into casting. Okay, this is, this is a very interesting story. So... I had worked with Kitchuck Casting on a few different projects before. So we had worked on Hunger Games and they had me work on they had me work on the internship. They had me work on quite a few different things. Inkerman 2, that was another fun one. But they had me work on quite a few different things. And eventually we worked on this project that was going to be filming on the south side of Atlanta, which is the opposite side of town that I live on. And oh, it just to preface all of this, because of my NDAs, cannot necessarily name all of the projects that I'm discussing. This is one of them. So this one will be remain anonymous. Good call. But this was a great project that I had got the chance to work on. And they were filming on the south side of town. I had to grow out my facial hair. I had to grow out my regular hair. Um, very similar to Anchorman, too. They had to grow our hair out for that. They seem to like my hair for some reason, and if I can get it shaggier and scruffier, the better. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, but anyways, I had to grow my hair out for this and work on the south side of town, and we grew out our hair for, I want to say it was at least a month. It might have been like <laughs> two months. But it was enough to just make us look as hippie as we could without <laughs> it seeming like in that in-between stage to where it looks like everybody's growing their hair out. So I was able to grow my beard out quite a bit, grow my hair out quite a bit, look sort of hippie-ish. And the night before we had to go to set, I get this phone call from Reese, who is the casting assistant at Katrek Casting. And Reese calls me up and says, hey, we got you working down on the south side for the next couple of weeks. And we were just wondering if you would love to come and help us just check people in and check people out. So you'll be there a little bit before everybody else. You'll be there a little bit after everybody else. And you'll just sign people in and help sign people out. Does that sound like it's interesting to you? And I thought for a second. And I was like, does sound interesting. Do I get paid more? She's like, I don't know. Which is one thing that I love about Reese. She's very just 
upfront and blunt with you no matter what. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. Do you want to do the job or not? <laughs> and so I go ahead and I was like, honestly, I was just curious. You could have said no, and I still would have said yes. So, yeah, I will go ahead and do that. You sign me up, and I will be there. Just let me know what time I need to show up. She's like, be there a half hour early, and whatever time you get done is when you get done. Sounds good. So I show up the next day on set, and since this is my first time doing it, I don't know what to do. This is the first time that we've been on this set, too, so I didn't know where to go or anything like that. So I just end up in holding in the tent, and they got people straightening up the vouchers and everything, and, and so I go and let them know that I'm there, and then I sit down at the tables like I normally do because they look like they're doing something special and I wasn't sure what was going on. I didn't want to get in the way. And then Jamie Lynn looks over at me. She's like, you're helping us check in, aren't you? I was like, yeah, I just didn't know where to go. Well, we're over here at the table checking in. So come over here to the table. (laughs) So I came over to the table and, and we checked in later that day. We checked out and next day we did the same thing. And couple days into it Jamie's like hey so I normally don't do this this quickly but honestly I trust you and I trust you a lot and you can even ask Reese. I don't trust people this fast typically but would you want to like be in charge of checking in and checking out on this set and I was like as long as there's nothing else that I don't know already um I, that's totally fine with me and she's like, yeah, you seem to catch on. If something goes wrong or something, we'll just fix it real quick. But, I mean, it would do us a huge favor because they were casting and checking in and checking out, which means their total day, if we had a 12-hour day, they were having at least a 15-hour day, if not 16-hour day, including the travel time and everything. That's insane. So that set, if I remember correctly, though, it was 15-hour days every day. So you're looking at them having 18 to 20 hour days. So I totally get them wanting to have an extra 30 minutes of sleep (laughs) or an extra hour of sleep. Whatever they can do to just catch a little extra shut eye is wonderful, which I found out later on real quick. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine so. But that was initially how I got into at least my foot into the door of casting. And from there... They had me turn into a set coordinator, which they created that position for me to be the person that checks in, checks out. And then I would also be on set during that entire time, well, on set or in holding, and helping them to wrangle a background to help do... To help do confirmations from the day before. So, hey, everyone's coming back tomorrow. You need to be here at 6 o'clock. Here, sign the sheet and let us know that you know that you know that you have to be there at 6 o'clock. This is your preliminary call time, not your final call time. Your final call time will come in an email after we wrap. (laughs) Um, I had a whole spiel that I rattled off when I had to do that. That's amazing. Uh, I apparently still know half of it. (laughs) So, anyways... I would help do that as a set coordinator, and eventually, this turns into a funny story also, eventually we had to do reshoots on this set, and for anyone that doesn't know, reshoots is when either something wasn't filmed properly, or they were missing part of a scene, or there's a dozen different reasons why they might want to do reshoots. Reshoots also happen because they changed the script, but for a particular scene that was coming up, while I was working in the office and I didn't even know what they were doing, I I was working on just keeping the background wrangled and stuff. So at the time I was working in the office, just doing paperwork and stuff like that, checking vouchers, making sure everything is okay. Reese comes in and she just kind of plops down on the chair, looking a little bit flustered and like, something's not right. And I, I just kept doing my paperwork. And then Jamie comes in and she closes the door. She's like, I don't know where in the world we're going to find a scruffy Asian that's five foot seven. We need to find a double for a scruffy Asian that's five foot seven, and all of the Asians we know. And she pauses mid sentence and just stares and looks at me. <laughs> and one thing you got to keep in mind about Jamie is she remembers details about everybody. She's like, Joe, you're five foot seven, aren't you? I was like, Yeah. 
And your waist size is about a 32, 34? Yeah. Why did we not think about this two hours ago? <laughs> so they, I had still had my hair grown out from previously, from like a month ago when we were shooting down on the south side. So they had scruffy five-foot Asian boy working with them already <laughs> that was just stuck in a corner, out of sight, out of mind, <laughs> ready to go. So what they needed me to do was they actually needed me to photo double, which... If you don't know what a photo double is, a photo double works on screen as somebody else, typically an actor. But in this case, I was going to be a photo double for a stunt actor. So they didn't want to bring the stunt actor back in. Typically, that's either because of scheduling or because of money. So if they wanted to pay the stunt actor to come back in, that's another, I think, union wages are between like 700 and up. So 700 to $1,500 for a day. Whereas they could just pay me like 150 bucks to come in. Especially if I'm not going to be doing actual stunt work and they just need me on screen. Which we will get into that later. But they go ahead and throw me on for that day. Get me scheduled. Give me the information. I show up. And we're all there at about 5 o'clock in the morning. We get our breakfast. We sit down. They call us in to get our hair and makeup ready. So we go into there. And they have to shave everything off except for a very, very, very light beard. Uh, may or may not know, Asians aren't known for growing great facial hair, typically. So the guy that I was doubling, he had a good shadow going on, which is the typical Asian facial hair. I get a full beard when I grow mine out. So they had a lot of shaving to do on me. <laughs> so it took them probably close to an hour just to match facial hair. Wow. And I think they left my actual hair the way it was because he had longer hair and I had longer hair and it was about the same length. So I don't remember them doing anything with the top of my head. And they gave me the same clothes that he was wearing because we were the same height, same size. So that all worked out. So... Hour and a half later, two hours later, somewhere in there, plus the makeup that they had to put on because we had to look dirty <laughs> for this scene. A uh, couple hours later, we're ready to go. And as you may or may not know, on set, it is hurry up and wait. <laughs> and so we all got done by about seven o'clock, and we're sitting around doing absolutely nothing. And I would say, Four hours later, if I remember correctly, <laughs> they finally bring us to set. But it's not even to use us. They bring us to set just so we're closer and they can keep us nearby. So whenever they're ready to go, we're right there. And so we're sitting probably a good, I don't know, 500 feet away from set. We're watching what's going on. And next to me sits Brittany Higgins. I love Brittany to death. She's probably one of the most generous, sweetest, loving, caring, unconditional loving people you will ever meet in your life. She just loves and adores everybody as soon as she meets them. I didn't know her at the time, though. I didn't know anybody on the set at the time, if I remember correctly, other than the PA who I had worked with now for the last two months, <laughs> maybe three months now. Uh, so... Just to preface all of this, too, with the story of Brittany that I'm about to go into, I am not a smooth talker. I am horrible, horrible, horrible with the ladies. <laughs> and I get so weird and awkward and uncomfortable, and I am not smooth or suave at all. <laughs> I am on set. Brittany is sitting next to me. We're watching what they're filming that's, I don't know, a good 500, 600, 700 feet away. In between where we're sitting and where they're filming is also this big, huge light and a couple of fans. They had the fans because they were shooting this train scene, and the train had to look like it was moving and rattling and stuff. And in case you're curious about how they can get such semi-clear pictures of trains while they're moving next to the train... What they do is they put the train on cinder blocks like you would with a car without tires. They put two-by-fours under the four corners of this train car, and they have PAs on the other end of the two-by-fours 
pushing down on it, lifting the corners of the train car up and down to make it look like it's bumping. So little movie magic there. They use two by fours to make a train look like it's moving and then they just green screen the background to make it look blurry and look like it's moving. So anyways, they're doing all of that. They're getting the scene of what they needed to get done. We're all watching it. All of this equipment apparently was blocking Britney's view. And so she picks up her chair, kind of scoots it over a couple inches closer towards my chair so she can try and see around all of this equipment. I just kind of glance over to see what she's doing because I, I was just curious on what she was doing. She was kind of squirming around a little bit. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get a better view. And I swear this is the only time I ever did anything smooth in my entire life. I turned to her, I put my arm around her chair, and I scoot over to the edge of my chair. And I was like, is this a better view? Nice. And she gave out, like, probably the cutest giggle I've ever heard in my entire life. Aww. Which, her laugh is just adorable in itself to begin with. I wish I had an audio clip I could insert it here and just, this is Britney's laugh, because you would just all fall in love with her laugh. Keep in mind, she's got this really cute laugh, too because this goes into the story a little bit more. So I thought I was pretty smooth. I back off a little bit, and we go and we just watch and stuff. I'm thinking nothing of it. We finally get called to set. We get on the set. They put us inside of the train this time. And inside of this train, they're placing us, and it's like, you guys stand here, you stand here, you stand here, because they're trying to match how they filmed it before. And so they got me up front, They've got, I think, three or four other guys behind me. And then they've got Brittany Higgins in the back row. The actor comes out, and he's getting ready to do his thing. And we're all still just sitting there, not sure what's going on or anything other than, hey, we're in place. Yay, we're ready to go. And then all of a sudden, the actor lunges at us. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and none of us react. We're just like, what's going on? Because... <laughs> If you didn't also know, second unit is a little bit more lax, or reshoot units are sometimes a little bit more lax. It's not the same directors, they're just trying to get things done, and so there's a lot less formalities. So they're not calling out sound is rolling, they're not calling out action apparently, <laughs> because none of us reacted. And after he lunged and none of us reacted, from the back, I hear Brittany giggling again. <laughs> Because none of us had any clue what was going on. So then the PA comes out and explains to us, is like, hey guys, when he lunges at you, you need to react as if he's lunging at you and he's going to like fight you and attack you or something. And we're all like, we didn't even know we were rolling or filming or what the scene was. Nobody's told us anything other than where to stand. So he goes through and he's kind of explaining the scene, what's happening. We get through all of that. And then the actor gets back into place. And stupid me, not thinking, of course, again, actor kind of puts his hands like he's surfing, so they're outstretched both directions, almost like he's holding people back. And he's getting ready for the scene. His right hand ends up right in my face. And my first instinct when somebody puts something in my face like that is to make chomping motions with my mouth. So I'm like... <laughs> at his hand, <laughs> not realizing that we're about to film a scene. And he starts cracking up, totally broke his character, which he got back into character real quick because he's a professional. But stupid me, making stupid mistakes on set, luckily didn't cause any harm. We go through the rest of the day. We had a great fun time. Everything went wonderful. We got the scene shot. And at the end of it, Became friends with Brittany Higgins. <laughs> so, Brittany, if you're out there listening, thank you for the wonderful story and the addition to the story. I, I think it's about time we take a quick break. So we will take a break. We'll hear a couple words from our sponsors. And we will be right back with some more Joe Nelson. Is your family tired of the same old vacation packages? Tired of boring rides and all the giant talking rodents and ducks? 
If you're looking for something new and somewhere different to visit, come join us just outside the land of Oz in Munchkinland. The new Oz B&B has everything you're looking for. A musical number greeting, giant lollipops for every meal, brick roads painted yellow. You may even see a house fly or two. It's so sensational, it'll make your toes curl. And of course, the Lollipop Guild will be here ensuring your visit here is a safe and pleasant experience for everyone in your party. Munchkinland, reservations are now being accepted. Munchkinland does not guarantee your safety from falling houses, sleep-induced poppies, great wizards, flying monkeys, or the occasional witch. Munchkinland also does not guarantee to provide for you a way home. You watched Big Willie, Tommy Lee, three times. Then you went overseas and watched Chris and Tessa. And now comes the next generation of the men in black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, Beavis. Hey, Beavis, look at this. Okay. 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 I am the great Corn Julio. Corn Julio. I need TV for my bunghole. Settle down, Beavis. TP for my bunghole! Hey, Beavis. Once you go black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming this fall to the Southland 30plex, Beavis and Butthead do the men in black. Aliens suck. Welcome back to the show, listeners, and we are still here with Joe Nelson, and we are going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to start focusing on something a little bit more serious, but before we get to that, I wanted to ask you about your podcast, Joe. Oh, you've heard of my podcast. Oh, yeah, I love your podcast. It's freaking hilarious. It's entertaining. It's informational. It's It's got a little bit oh, of everything. Yeah, I, thanks. I try to, try to gear it towards people that would find that interesting have a little bit of humor kind of change things up every now and then just to make it kind of fresh for everybody yeah well one thing that i noticed that you've done is you have some easter eggs that are hidden within your episode well i have a couple of them that i do within most of the full-length episodes yeah tell us a tell us about a couple of those at least well one thing that people might find interesting is at the beginning of the show the cheering that's at the beginning is actually all of our guests that recorded live in person with me. So all of our full-length, not all of our full-length episodes, but all the full-length episodes that we recorded live, I had our guests cheer for five, seven, ten seconds like that, and then I overlaid all of that cheering. And the thought process behind that was actually a couple of things. One, I wanted to have a cheering section clip that was original. So I wanted to have something that I didn't I didn't pull from GarageBand or Logic or Pro Tools. I didn't want to have some sort of stock cheering. And so I made it for all of the guests were cheering, but they're also cheering for each other. So they're not just cheering for themselves. They're kind of helping boost morale amongst each other in, within the industry, which I thought was kind of a cool thing. Yeah, that is pretty cool. That's That's ingenious. And then another thing that I tried to do was that they're on the full episodes also. There's a guy that I call the heckler in the back row. And that heckler, every time that I introduce myself for the show, always yells out some sort of movie quote. And this movie quote is typically more of an insult to me. But the reasoning behind that too is one, I wanted to have movie quotes because the podcast is about movies and TV shows. But I also wanted to take the focus off of me and put it more towards the guest. So the guest, yay, woohoo, yeah, the guest is awesome. And the host, eh, he's okay. He's just kind of moderating things and he's just kind of there. So I wanted to downplay my position as the host and upplay the position of the guest. And I was able to do that with the movie quotes and hopefully 
some of them you found humorous and exciting. Some of them you probably have no idea what they mean, but I, uh, you mewling quim <laughs> from <laughs> the Avengers movies. I love that quote. So when Loki yells that, you can you can Google that and find out what the actual meaning of a mewling quim actually is. <laughs> but yeah, those are some of the things that I kind of hidden into the podcast episodes as hidden gems. That is amazing. I love that. Yeah, it took me a while to think of all these things. It was, it was a conglomeration of a lot of different ideas and just kind of all came together. And one thing that I've noticed that you do too, with each of the full-length episodes that you have, the guests that you have with you, they all talk about some sort of specific interest of theirs. And so you've had people that have talked about their love of animals and animal shelters and animal adoptions. You've had people talk about ghosts that they've grown up with and La Llorona and El Cucue, if I'm pronouncing that right. And then you've had people talk about their favorite nonprofits and how they can get involved with nonprofits and giving and stuff like that. And so we've had all of those people talk about their favorite things and things of interest to them, not necessarily their favorite thing, for you, because you wanted to sit here and talk about mental health and depression. Yeah, I, I personally deal with it, and it's such a weird, interesting concept that I thought it would be, I don't know, something something interesting to bring to light to people that might be listening that don't understand and can't grasp what depression actually is. And I thought this might be a good platform to help inform people. That is a great idea. Let's go ahead and have a little bit more of a serious talk for a few minutes. And why don't you go ahead and lead it off for us? Well, I actually learned from one of my bosses, Jamie Lynn, who's been on the show. And she's taken psychology classes and she studies <laughs> in her free time <laughs> different things like this. She'll just like Google things and learn about different random things, and one of the things she's learned about has been depression and dealing with depression. And she had recognized a lot of the symptoms that I had. And she's like, you really need to go talk to a doctor about the things that you're dealing with, and and you need more, no offense, but you need professional help, because what you're dealing with isn't something that you can deal with on your own, and I'm not qualified to deal with it. And I don't think it's just something that you need to go to a counselor and have weekly talks about or even monthly talks or whatever. You you need some actual like professional help because I think there's some sort of chemical imbalance from the things that I'm seeing. So I went and set an appointment, went to the doctor, and within 15 minutes, which seems like a short amount of time to me, but they were like, hey, let's try some pills out and see if they help you. Long story short, first set of pills made me lose my memory. It was terrible. So what was it like before you took the pill? I mean, did you have a great memory? Or Oh, yeah. The memory I had before that was tremendous. Jamie could give me like 15 things to do, and I would do all of those things. Plus, I'd also help facilitate the assistant. So I'd have three assistants, four assistants, oh, or whatever. Wow. And I'd be able to keep track of all of our stuff, all simultaneously wow, at the same that's a time. Lot. So I was like her all-star right-hand person that could memorize novels <laughs> of things to do for the day. Okay, cool. Sorry to interrupt. And back to the story. What happened from there? This is when we just started filming one of our biggest motion pictures that we had ever done. And I went into one of these meetings and... Jamie couldn't make it that meeting because she had some other stuff to do with her family. So she's like, Joe, I need you to go to this meeting. Just go in there. Don't say anything. Just take notes, and I will talk to you about it when you get back. They're, they shouldn't ask you anything. If they ask you anything, just tell them that Jamie's on top of it, and she'll be able to answer it in the next meeting. So I, I went in, and we did all of that. Got out of the meeting. And 10 minutes later, Jamie was able to arrive because she had taken care of all of her stuff. She's like, hey, Joe, what was the meeting about? I stopped and just stared at her with this blank look. And I had absolutely no idea what this one hour meeting that I literally just walked out of was about. I had no recollection. 
other than being in the meeting, what was discussed. And I just sat there staring at her like, oh, shit. I have no clue. <gasps> oh, wait, wait, wait. I remembered that I wrote it all down in a notebook. I have notes. I will give you my notes. We'll go over the notes, and I know what we talked about. So luckily, I had written down notes and could go over those things because as soon as I walked out, I had absolutely no memory. And things like that just kept happening for the next week. Jamie would have conversations with me for like 10 minutes. They're like, Joe, I need you to do this, 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 and this. And you need to remember to do these things. And be like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And three minutes later, 30 minutes later, I had no recollection of the conversations or what I was supposed to be doing. And so she had me like, literally, she would watch me write things down of things I needed to remember to do and put them on post-it notes. And when I was done, I would hand them back to her and she's like, okay, yes, we can get rid of this one, get rid of this one. Or we would cross them off or we would make sure things were being taken care of because my memory was just gone on these pills. And she's like, you have to go back to the doctor and get on something else. These pills are making you forget too much stuff and this is too big of a project for us to be missing major things like this. And so I went back and got onto a second set of pills. The second set of pills weren't better, they weren't worse, but they were totally different. Uh oh, this is not sounding good. And the way that we describe it, it turned me into evil Joe, <laughs> which they tell you in the side effects, you might have mood swings. And these mood swings made me the most pissiest person you have ever met. <laughs> and I was very vocal about it. This thing took off my filter, and it also made me upset about pretty much anything and everything that goes on. So even if I was going to lunch, it's like, seriously, hamburgers? Why are we having hamburgers? Why do we have to have beef? I don't want to have beef. But I would do that about everything, including work. And I had never talked back to Jamie. I had never yelled at her. And I was having... Not breakdowns, <laughs> but pretty close to breakdowns. And I can't believe you're telling me this. I can't believe you're saying this and all this other stuff. And she's like, I know this isn't you. And I know this isn't normal because I've worked with you for the last eight years, nine years. <laughs> so I know this isn't you. So you need to get off of these pills too. So we go on to pill number three. Pill number three, as I'm still trying to get off of these mood swings it started making my legs twitch, which I didn't know it was the pills at the time. I was just like, okay, well, when I was younger and I used to like sit next to a heater, my legs would twitch. And, and I was just like, okay, maybe it's just getting warm in the summer and stuff and it's making my legs twitch. But then it went from leg twitch to like a full body twitch to where you watch humorous comedies and people on TV shows where they've they've been in the war and now they're their head, like, head tilts to the side and their whole body just kind of tenses and and, and, and they, they Ooh, just, just shake like that oh, once you can't see. Terrible. You can see, Joe, but the guests can't see. But it would be whole body shakes to where I'd be typing and then all of a sudden my body would just completely shake and I'd have to stop typing until my body would stop convulsing. And obviously she was like, for a third time... Joe, you need to go back to the doctor and find something else because this is not working either. So finally, by the fourth time I went back, we found a pill that had no side effects for me. It helped to clear my mind and it helped eliminate a lot of the different thoughts I was having, which apparently I didn't realize. A lot of people don't have these thoughts. I thought it was normal for a person to be driving down the highway and think, you know, I could just like completely grab the wheel, pull it to the left into the semi, and see what happens. I did not realize people don't normally think these things. They don't think about, hey, I wonder what it would be like to jump off the side of this building head first and to just like crash into the floor. I spent an entire day with that thought in my head one day while I was working at a venue. Just looking over the side railing and be like, huh, I could totally jump off of this. It's only two stories. I wonder if I would just break my legs, or I wonder if I would splatter my brains. And Apparently these are abnormal thoughts. I did not realize that until I had gotten, gotten into looking deeper into these depression things. And I've had previously had suicidal thoughts on different occasions and stuff, and, and I thought it's just passing and stuff like that. And apparently it's all tied in together 
because of this chemical imbalance that, if I had to guess, probably started way back in high school. And I've just kind of blown it off and dealt with it since then. And it's all come to a point where I just had to deal with it. Wow, this sounds tough. Oh, it's it's been a tough struggle. It's been a tough walk. It has not been easy. I, I guarantee it hasn't been an easy struggle trying to deal with this sort of thing. But you just have to take it one day at a time, one thing at a time, and just kind of move forward. And now that I deal with it personally, it's has opened my eyes to ways that I can actually try to overcome this and ways that I can deal with it, ways that I can cope with it. Because I've had friends before that have dealt with depression and I had a, a co-worker that was working for me while I was working in pizza and he was a driver and he dealt with depression and some days he just would not show up and his friends were like, oh, he deals with depression and so there's days that he wakes up and he just cannot get out of bed and I did not understand this I was like how can you wake up and not just not get out of bed which now I completely understand not that I've ever had to go to that extreme because I've always been able to at the very least get out of bed and go do what I needed to do even though my brain wouldn't necessarily be in the right place and so now having that understanding of other people and what they go through it's helped me to understand them, and it's also gotten me to a point of where I want to try and help explain that to other people that don't deal with it, that may not understand that people struggle with these things, and you would never know. People that have known me for the last 20 years would have no idea that I ever struggled with depression. I think if you asked my ex, she would have no idea. If you asked my old bosses, they would have no idea, other than Jamie, who helped me diagnose this and get me to a doctor and find help. But there are days that I come home from having a lot of fun with my friends. I will get into bed, get ready to go to sleep. And in my head, it's like, I don't think any of my friends like me. I don't think anybody on this planet likes me. I don't think that where I'm going and what I'm doing, that people enjoy my presence. They just put up with me. And even though I can sit there in bed and tell myself, no, these are all lies, these are not true, there's something that's still in my head and in my chemical imbalance that will just, it, you can't argue with it that you just know it's true, even though you know it's not true. It's so strange. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing, and it's one of the hardest struggles that I have personally of trying to convince myself that all of these are lies, that I do have value, that I have done things, that I do make a difference. And, and I know all of these things on a normal day, and I could tell you 110% on a normal day that these are all truths and that these are all real things and that I've done all of these things. But then there are those days that none of that matters. It doesn't matter what I did, doesn't matter how good I did it, doesn't matter how many people I've affected, that in my brain and in my chemical imbalance, I'm worthless. I've done nothing. I'm making no difference, and it's just a struggle. And to have to deal with that, it's been, it's been very difficult, and it's been an uphill battle. But once I've realized what I was dealing with, it also has made me find out more about myself. And I was talking with one of my ex-roommates, Isabel, who has been a previous guest on this show, and she's like, I think one of the things that you struggle with is the fact that you never feel like you're a part of something. You always feel like you're off on the sidelines, or you're off on the edge, or you're not a part of the team, you're the water boy, or you're the, you're the assistant coach, and you're not actually a player in all of this. And she hit it on the head, and the way my brain is wired, I've always felt like that. And she pointed out the only time that I never felt like that was when I was married, when I had that very specific acceptance. And beyond that, I've always felt like, hey, there's the group, there's the team, there's everybody else, and me off on the side. So sorry. Never felt part of the circle, never felt part of the group. And I think that's part of my wiring and part of my chemistry and chemical imbalance that, that tells me that. And even while I'm with the group and while I'm being included in everything, 
there's still that little bit of imbalance that tells me you're still not part of it all. Oh, that sounds so horrible. It, it can be rough. It can be rough. It can be very rough. It can be very difficult to have to deal with these things, especially when you're in the moment and you're hearing these things, you're hearing those voices telling you that sort of thing. But I felt like I just, I don't know, I felt like I needed to get that out. And, and maybe this small little piece of information will, will help somebody else. Maybe they'll listen to it and be like, I go through that exact same thing. I have those exact same voices. Maybe you know somebody, maybe one of our listeners knows somebody that goes through depression and maybe this will help give them a better understanding of, oh, that's what it feels like. That's what you're going through. And maybe that will help them figure out a way to give them some assistance or some compassion and empathy or, I don't know, I just felt like it would be a good topic to talk about. Well, it's been a great topic to talk about, and I'm glad that you decided to do that because it, I think it will help a lot of people if they listen to this to get a deeper understanding of what goes on mentally because it's not an easy thing to deal with. I know it's not an easy thing because I've dealt with it too. Wow, you two too? Yeah, I, I've been probably since high school too. But you would never know because when I'm with people, I feel fine. But when I get home, like just like you, all of that just goes away. And it's not every time. So I come home and I have good days where it's like, oh, I'm going to come home. I'm going to do some dishes. I'm going to get some things done. Or I'm going to come home and I'm just going to chill. But there are days when I come home and it's just all of that just goes away. Everything I've done just goes away. And it's like I'm the only person on this planet. Nobody gives a shit and nobody ever will. But I totally get it. I totally understand where you're coming from and, and I feel for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, and I'm, I'm always here for you, too. So if, if you ever need somebody to talk to, I, I'm your biggest fan right here. I will be there for you. I will help encourage you. I will give you a pep talk. I will do whatever you need. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick break. <laughs> this is, whew, There's a lot to take in here. God, let's take is. a quick break. We will come back with more Joe Nelson. And I think we're going to come back and play a game, if that's okay with you. Oh, I love games. This is going to be so much fun. Well, I hope you enjoy it. This is, this is probably my favorite game that we... Well, it's the only game we play on the show, but it's also one of my favorite games that I came up with. So we will come back, and we will play a game of 25. Nowadays, too many people have too many allergies. Isn't it sickening, pun intended? What is a healthy person with a great digestive system and no allergies supposed to eat? Introducing the all-new Gluten Nutty Bar, made of 90% all-manufactured ingredients and 10% wheat, nuts, dairy, and eggs. So delicious, your allergy-ridden friends will be instantly jealous. This tasty treat is also available in shellfish and pork flavors for non-vegan friendly people. And coming soon, the brand new Latex Flavored. This product not available in many of your local health food stores. Is your bathroom sink covered in several toiletries? Toothpaste, hand wash, face wash, face scrub, body lotion, dry shampoo, and possibly even your Zovarax or Lysine? Oh boy, do we have a solution for you. Laura Crasty Plasti Fernum Clada Oxide. The first all-in-one cleaner for every part of your body. Yes, every part of your body. Now you don't have to worry about accidentally swallowing your shampoo. Lori Crasty Plasti Fernum Quad Oxide is made for hair and teeth. You can literally go straight from brushing your teeth to scrubbing your warts without even having to switch brushes. Wow, Lori Crasty Plasti Fernum Quad Oxide, you're the best! This product is not currently available and has not been thoroughly tested. Not for use on babies, small children, teeth, senior citizens, and most adults. In most cases, Lori Crasty Plasti Fernum Quad Oxide has made test subjects warts in herpes worsen, available in banana cream or hazelnut. Refunds only available to the resident of Cambridgeport, Vermont. Yeah! Back in high school, I could only bench press 300 pounds. My only option was to work out harder and inject steroids if I wanted my forearms to match the circumference of my thighs. But not anymore. Nope, because now I have testosterone the first steroid-infused pasta in a box. 
I saw results in just 90 days. I eat one box for breakfast, one for lunch, and only two boxes for dinner washed down with a sensible midnight snack. I, I, I thought for sure I would feel hungry on this new plan, but, but, but I'm surprisingly full after every meal. And, and I went from 83 to 87 pounds, what could only be pure muscle, in just seven weeks. Testosterone. You can find it in your grocery store next to other great products like estrogen cabaloba, insulinoleum, and androgenocide. Side effects may include migraines, headaches, nausea, pemphigus, flexible sigmoidoscopy, onychomycosis, pregnancy, and minute traces of rigor mortis. Testosterone, not to be taken as a spa story. <laughs> oh, yeah, you better believe I brought those back after we were done filming. I was not going to keep that pair of shoes that was killing my feet. Oh, I I totally would have done the same thing. Use the shoes, bring them back. You only wore them twice. Technically, you didn't even wear them one of the days. And if you only wore them standing in, you never even walked in them. Nope, exactly. And that's why we were able to bring them back. So, what we're going to do next, though is I have got a game for us to play. <gasps> I love games. Ooh, I hope I did good. I hope I don't feel like an idiot after playing this game. No, no, I, th I think you're going to like this. This is my favorite game, and we will cue the music here in a second, but my favorite game of the game of 25, where the most points you can score is 25. No, it's actually closer to 40, but it's a fun game, and we are about to play... And welcome everybody to the game of 25. We are going to play the game of 25 with our special guest, Joe Nelson. Welcome, Joe Nelson. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. I am excited to play. So let me explain how this works. What I'm going to do is we're going to have five rounds that are worth five points each. And I'm going to give you clues, and what you need to do is you need to guess the actor or the actress that I am describing. And every time that I give you a clue, your point value goes down. So you'll start with five points, and then another clue you get four points, another clue three points, and you work your way down until you get zero points if you cannot guess it. Then we have a bonus round, which I will explain once we get to the bonus round. Oh my gosh, this sounds like so much fun and right up my alley. Okay, so for the first round, we are going to give you a female who's 44 years old from Culver City, California. Can you name this actress? Actress. So you're going for female. Um, so it's not going to be a guy. Culver City, California. Culver City. The only actress that I can think of from Culver City, California, which... I would have guessed she's younger than 44, but I'm going to go with Drew Barrymore. That is correct! Drew Barrymore for five points. Good job. Round one, five points. Ready? Off to a good start. Wow, I did. I can't believe I got that. That's amazing. Okay, so round two. We're looking for a male actor, 52 years, from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York. 52 years. Brooklyn, New York. Let's see. New York. That's where they shoot Saturday Night Live. So it's good chances. Saturday Night Live alumni. So Saturday Night Live. That's 52 years currently. Um, I know it's not Tommy Boy. Because he passed away. It's not Belushi. Um, nah, I'm just going to go with Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is correct! Another five points. You are at ten points. A perfect score so far. This is freaking unbelievable. Round three. Let's see if you can keep this up. We're looking for a male who is one year older than that. 53 years from New York City. Holy crap, New York City. There's a lot of people from New York City. Like Half the actors that are current are from New York City. 
but I guess half of them would be male, so it cuts it to a quarter of the actors that are on there. And how old did you say? 53 years. A 53-year-old male. The only one that's coming to mind right now, uh, not Owen Wilson, what's his name? Ben Stiller. Correct for another five points. 15 freaking points after three rounds. This is freaking unbelievable. Man, I am so glad I'm getting these so I don't feel like an idiot. Round four. We're looking for a female, 49 years old, from Sherman Oaks, California. Wow, Sherman Oaks. Okay. So I knew Culver City right off the bat where that's at. Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks, I think, is near L.A. And she's 49. 49, 49. I have friends that live in L.A. Friends. <gasps> Jennifer Aniston. Correct for another five oh points. Oh my freaking gosh, I cannot believe I got that. We are up to 20 points by the fourth round. We are going on to round number five. You are at a perfect score right now. So don't screw the pooch. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I will try not to. Okay, so for round five, for five points, name a female that's 46 years old from San Diego, California. Ah, oh, San Diego, San Diego. Let's see, that's home of Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy's not female, though. So female actress, 46. Um, Cameron Diaz? Correct! For another no five way. points! Cameron no Diaz, way. perfect score so far. You have 25 points going into the bonus round. Bonus round, you can't even lose points, which is amazing. Well, this is exciting. So how's this bonus round work then? What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the list of actors and actresses that you just named. And what you need to do is pair them up together. So you need to name any movie that they worked on, that two or more of them have worked on together. So any movie that Adam and Drew have worked on together, or Jennifer and Ben, or Cameron and Adam, but name any two or more actors or actresses on your list that have worked in the same movie, Name those movies. You're going to have 30 seconds once I find my phone so I can time it. So take a look at that while I get my phone ready. I'm going to get the clock stopwatch going. Ready in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and go. Okay, so starting from the top of my head, I'm going to go with Blended, Wedding Singer, Duplex, 51st Dates. He's just not, in the, he's just not that into you. Um, Charlie's Angels, one and two, just go with it. Um, something about Mary. Um, along came Polly, and oh, Jennifer Aniston, Cameron Diaz. What is the name of that movie? Oh. Three, two, She's one. the one! And time is up. And let's see, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten... 11 points, 11 points on to your 25, 36. I don't think anybody's even gotten remotely close to that many. Wow, I was nervous I was not gonna do well. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and take a quick break again and we will be right back with more Joe Nelson. Getting sick of coffee? Yeah. Mint feeling overused? Yes. Tired of the same old enema flavors? Absolutely. Now introducing the first cinnamon-infused enema, the Cinnamonema. All right. It's an anal cleansing with a delicious aroma of cinnamon rolls. Mmm. This smells cinna-yummy. It's not just an enema. Every order comes with a free box of cinnamon rolls. It's the best way to cleanse both ends. This episode brought to you by Johnny's Dairy Air. You smell Johnny's forest air. You've inhaled his sea air. Don't you think it's about time to take a whiff of some dairy air? Johnny's Dairy Air. Available in milk or manure. Does your dog, cat, or child suffer from a tapeworm? 
Not to worry. We at the Anti-Worm Foundation have genetically engineered a solution just for you. It's the first scientifically designed tape bird. This tape bird can smell, hunt, and devour any tapeworm within a thousand feet of its beak nostrils. It looks, sounds, and feels like a real bird. Get yours today by calling 1555-GOT-TAPE. That's 1555-GOT-TAPE. Not to be taken orally. To be used similar to a suppository only, side effects include bird flu and anal bleeding. Boys and girls, moms and dads, grandparents and puppies, y'all come on down to Wycliffe's Ice Creamatorium for your favorite creamy delights. We will cremate your relatives and while you wait, we will put ice cream in your belly. We bake and shake the flavors right in front of you. We have over 50 different cold cadaver flavors such as Mexican, ice cream, ginger, spicy Italian, curds, Cornish, German chocolate, and my favorite, Karen, just to name a few. We also provide store credit for fresh donations. Our current special, get free nuts on your order just for bringing in a corpse of 25 pounds or more. That's the Ice Creamatorium. Welcome back, listeners. We are here still with Joe Nelson, but we are coming to a close, not just for this episode, but for this season. Man, it's been quite a ride. Oh, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed listening to every one of these, and this this is probably my favorite episode. Oh, now. it's totally going to be my favorite episode. So freaking amazing. Just so much going on. So much that you just, you got to listen to it like 17 times in order to grasp all of the fun and excitement in the episode oh yeah i totally agree i'm gonna listen to this thing at least like 25 times before we go uh you have some social medias that you need to plug oh yeah 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 that's right so if you want to go ahead what are your social medias where can people find you and where can they learn more about you on instagram i'll just go ahead and give you the handle for my podcast which is aa joe show so if you go on the Instagram backslash AA Joe Show or at AA Joe Show, and you can also find that on Twitter and also on Facebook. It's the same thing for all of them. So find me on any of those. You can keep up with all of the previous episodes. You can also look it up on Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify, and download as many times as you want. Share with your friends. Let them know that you enjoy the show. Let us know you enjoy the show. Go to our social medias and let us know. Let us know how you enjoyed the season. Let us know how you didn't enjoy the season. If you really hated having to sit through and listen to the games, or if you really didn't like the Ready, Set, Life, Go machines, give us some feedback and let us know. And we can try and change things for Season 2, which will come out next year. But until then, guys... Y'all have a great year, have a great rest of the season, have a great Christmas, a great Thanksgiving, and probably Valentine's Day before at least we get back to everything. <laughs> and thank you, Joe Nelson, also for hanging out with us again. Oh, thank you. I've had such a blast. You are such a you are such a treasure and pleasure to hang out with. I like that. Treasure and pleasure. I think I'm gonna use that more often, more than I love you three thousand. Y'all have a great year. We'll talk to you next season. Bye-bye. One thing that I just realized, Joe, we never finished your story. You never told us how you actually got into casting. You know what? I was honestly just thinking the exact same thing. I was like, I I never even finished the story. I got so caught up on the Britney story, I never finished. <laughs> so anyways... Um, I was working in casting, I was working as set coordinator, and they had me doing a bunch of stuff. Every once in a while they would pull me into the office to do paperwork, but eventually I worked with them so much, and they just, they just fell in love with Aww, me. that's so sweet. I, I'm already in love with you, and I, I just oh, met you. I feel like I've known you my entire life. Yeah, it does feel that way. That's so strange, because literally we've only been sitting here for about an hour talking. Well, well time, time flies, flies by, by when you're, you're having, having fun. fun. And great minds think alike, too. Totally agree. But they fell in love with me, and they asked me if I wanted to come on full-time in casting. So I got to get pulled into the casting room and start helping Jamie with all of the paperwork, helping figure out who we wanted on different sets, and calling them, and getting them booked for different dates and everything, and giving them the information that they needed, and 
and all that fun stuff. Well, that's a fun story. Yeah, I thought so too. And thank you again to our special guest, Joe Nelson. Special shout out thanks to both Addison and Jamie Lynn for all their help throughout all of season one. And a great big thanks to all of our guests from season one, including Jamie Lynn Catrette, Marion Singh, Russell Snipes, Mario Xavier, Stacey Crowder, Edward Michael Scott, William Tokarski, Paul Barlow, Isabel De La Cruz, Gabby Stein, Lorenzo Yearby, Amor Owen, Cece Ice, Ben Bladen, Chris Marks, Emmy Allen, Indiana Cifuentes, Julie Kitsuli, Romwell Galarza, Jasmine Lasser, Mary Kranz, Deshay Martin, Jessica Schmall, Debbie Kimsey, Elisa Lewis, Ellie Logue, and the amazing Joe Nelson. And special musical guests that we had, both Matthew Hawk and Joe Nelson. Huge thank you to all of our voiceover talent in this episode in order of appearance. Joe Nelson, Joe Nelson, and Joe Nelson. Be sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitters. Look us up on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also check out another podcast I co-host, The Extra and Ordinary, and some other great media content by Moon Possum Productions at moonpossum.com. Wow, that was so this much was, fun. I had such a oh, blast. Oh, I had a great time. I don't think I've ever you met anybody so arrogant or so stuck on themselves. I cannot wait to get out of here and shove glass in my eyeballs or something. Oh, my God.